1 John chapter 4, verse 7. If you could open your Bibles there, turn on your phone there, check it out on the screen. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Man, it's good to be in church this morning. I'm telling you, you have no idea how amazing it is to not have to rush because you've got to tear down something after service. We're a portable church out at the Rogers 18 Theater, so as soon as we're done preaching, we're able to greet and talk to some of our, our guests, and, and then we start vacuuming up popcorn and tearing down signs and cleaning up kids' ministry stuff. So, hey, we got none of that. We are blessed here, amen? So we just get to enjoy. I will get you out on time. I told you that already, but I'm just excited that we can just take our time this morning. First John chapter 4. Verse 7, I can sense your enthusiasm. Thank you. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship. Say, experiences a relationship. Ooh. Now, this isn't about the singles ministry. Experiences a relationship with God, okay? The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love, so you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent, everybody say sent. He sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about, not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent. Everyone say sent. His son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and damage and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. This is a verse that speaks of experience, experiencing God, experiencing Jesus, experiencing his love. It's about relationship, amen? And the thing is, when we talk about religion, religion will tell you that it's all about how much time you've spent but relationship will tell you it's about how much love he has sent. So we're going to parallel a little religion versus relationship this morning. Is that okay? And I'm telling you, there are going to be some religious demons that get a little ticked off this morning. I don't have time for religious demons. I don't have time to think that my God is bound in heaven somewhere, far away, off in a distance, untouchable, unreachable. Because if I read this correctly, I I serve a God who sent. I serve a God who came down from heaven to my world. My pilot, you know what? He came down into that knowing full well what that was. He became a human God. And I believe that as we turn our focus upon Jesus, the living God, the living word, that that we will begin to sense him close. We will begin to feel him close. We will begin to see him moving and working in us closely as opposed to just locked away somewhere up there in heaven, too good for us heathens. Religious demons. I have two teenagers, speaking of religious demons, just kidding, sort of. I I have two teenagers, thank you, have a good weekend. Uh, So 
my wife and I decided that we were going to finish our basement so that our teenagers could kind of have a place of their own. Not because we didn't want to be around them. We would never think that I am a pastor. You know, I would never, I would, I don't, you know. But I'm going to leave the top off of this if it falls over. Thank you, Jesus. But so we, we gave them their space. We tried a helicopter parent thing, right? It didn't go over very well for us. And so, you know, we finally learned over time that it's good for them to have their freedoms, to have their independence, to, to start to experience things on their own, right? So they have their space in the basement, their bedrooms, there's a living room, there's a bathroom down there. Small, but it's, it's good for them, right? And here, mom and dad are upstairs, my kids come up for air and food and supplies periodically. <laughs> They've got it good down there, right? They, they have their needs met. They've got a roof over their head. Yeah, they have food to eat, right? But I often wonder, and don't think me a bad parent for saying this, but I often wonder how much richer their life would be if they invited dad down into their world. I know all your kids are all like... We go to Maranatha and we pray every night together and we do a Bible study. Good for you. I have normal teenagers. <laughs> Told you, I'm just going to be honest with you. But, but I, wonder, I wonder what kind of boldness and confidence as young men would develop in them if they would just let, let their father kind of into their world. Say, Dad, hey, let's, let's have a conversation. I wonder what their identity might look like now and in the future. I wonder what our world would be like if instead of thinking that Jesus was floating around on a puffy cloud somewhere, that we realized that he was actually sent as a human, flesh and blood, to, to understand us, to know what it's like to be us, to have gone through what we go through. Because we've got it a little mixed up. Believe it or not, he's not on a puffy cloud. When Jesus was on this earth, his robes were not sparkling white. He traveled through deserts and forests. There was no spray and wash at the time, right? He was born in the Middle East, so, so Charlton had it wrong all these years. He did not have a British accent, okay? Jesus was not some sort of perfect painting. In fact, John Eldridge puts it like this. Religion has vandalized Jesus because we put him in some sort of light that isn't the reality of who he is. I want you to think about this. Anybody like camping? A couple of this, a couple of that. Anybody like glamping? Ah, yes, there we go. Oh, I'm, I, you know, our campus is further north. So everybody camps, everybody hunts, everybody fishes. A lot of camo gear at church. You know, it's that kind of a thing, right? So picture Jesus, a man traveling for three years in the wilderness at times, camping with 12 other guys. What kind of conversations were had around the campfire? Come on, you liars. You know, you know. Bathing in the river. 12 men bathing in a river. 
Can we think for a second about the time between the epic sermons and the, the quoting of Scripture, all the things of life that just went on between those times? Can we picture a human God, a human Jesus, because he was sent to us as a human? Some people call this blasphemy. I call it intimacy. I believe I believe relationship calls it intimacy for us to realize that Jesus is with us and among us and he, he is like us in so many ways. And yes, he's perfect and yes, he's holy and yes, he's all powerful and he has all authority, but he chose to come down here. Okay, it's about to get real intimate in here. Anybody dating someone right now? Come on. Okay, okay. So there's one person in here dating someone. Oh, wow. I don't even know where to start with that. You guys know it's okay to date, right? Oh, boy. Anybody remember dating? Okay, all right, yeah, all right, there we go, yeah, there we go, just trying to relate. Uh, when I was dating Heidi, we had a very unique situation because I was a single dad. I had a toddler and a kindergartner, and she was a kindergarten teacher, so as you can imagine, we were both very exhausted all the time. Thank you, teachers. And so when we would go on dates together, you know, they were often over by like 8.30 because it was bedtime. We were so exhausted. And uh, we were a typical dating couple where, well, I guess I can only speak for myself. My wife is actually preaching right now at Northwest, so babe, you're awesome. Um, and uh, I was kind of putting on the front, you know what I mean? Always looking good, just... Not, never, you know, never looking, the hair was always, you know, like this. I actually try and do this, if you believe it or not. But, you know, you just kind of put on a mask. You kind of you put on your best when you're dating someone, right? And then when you get married, it's like, you know. So we were on a date one night. I went over to her house. When we had conversations, we had to have deep conversations because I had two kids and I was not playing any games, right? So, uh... We had a conversation, and it went way late. It was like 9.30 one night. And we were sitting on her couch having this conversation. I will reiterate, we were sitting on her couch talking. Sitting on the couch talking, all right? Sitting and talking. And this conversation went really late. And before long, maybe you've done this when you're on the phone with somebody, you just fall asleep. You know what I'm saying? But we were sitting and talking to each other. What's up, man? And we were sitting and talking with each other, and, and, and I realized after a certain amount of time that we were both just sitting up, sleeping. <laughs> you joke, but come on. I got four kids now. I can sleep anywhere during, I could fall asleep right here on the stage in front of you right now. You know I'm not joking. So the problem was, after a little bit of time kind of in and out of sleep, I started to feel a little rumbly in my tumbly. 
And if you're dating, you know, that's the kind of thing you don't want to be feeling when you're around somebody that you're interested in. And quietly, 10 o'clock, as we're both sitting and sleeping on the couch, in the silence of that moment, I know you're like, gross, who's this guy in tight pants and eh, talking about this stuff? When's Pastor Matt coming back? Eh. Well, as he says, the Lord orders the steps of a good man or woman. My shoulder pads may not be as big as his, but I got a good word this morning. Come on. But I'm telling you, after that moment... Not immediately, but after that moment, we grew so close. I'm, I'm on, I'm for real. It's like something broke down and it was like we were human, right? All the facade and all the masks and all, it was gone. It was gone in an instant. And she married me, so hey, yeah, dear Lord. Pray for her, pray for her. I'm like this all the time. So, you know, the, the, the point of that story, which there is a point, the point is I think it's important that we, we picture Jesus just as human, as a friend, a God that we can talk with, not just talk about. Now, don't, come on, don't you feel closer to me after that story? That's what I want. I want you to feel closeness with the Lord. Mm. Some of us keep our social media closer than we keep our Savior. Somebody said something about living word on social media. This past week, somebody told me about it. Oh, I get so mad. That's why I can't go on social media because, you know, they'd fire me if I said what I wanted to say. Um, Somebody had said something, and the Lord spoke to me so quickly. He's like, Brandon, you got to keep, keep the, the noise out and bring Jesus in. Sounds simple, right? But some of us, when it comes to social media, let me just remind you, those, those crickets and their chirping, just keep it outside. The toads and the croaking, Keep it outside in the swamp, right? The snakes and the slithering, keep them outside in the grass where they belong. And instead, as we close that door and keep them out there and don't let them into this, our guarded hearts, Christians, don't let them into this, we hold them out there. Instead, we open up the door to Jesus and we say, come on in for a second cup of coffee, Jesus. I need you close. I need you close. That's for somebody out there, probably not you, but religion divides God from man. We see that a lot. It, it, it's, it focuses, it emphasizes right from wrong, dark from light, and good from bad, you know, holy from unholy, but yet we see a God that sent his son Jesus to experience intimacy with his human creation. Think about Jesus as a God baby. <laughs> Now, I hate to break it to you, but I don't know what church you were at last that had this little, like, porcelain Jesus, you know, with the halo and the little butterfly wings behind him. I don't know what your babies were like, but my babies were not like that. Them swaddling clothes would have been nasty after about 10 minutes. 
This is a God baby, what he was really like. Did he not spit up? Did he not make a mess in his swaddling clothes? Think about the God teenager that snuck out of the house. And they found him in the temple. Call it what it is. I love saying this. Most people have security systems at their house to keep people out. My security systems keep my teenagers in. (laughs) Jesus, as a God teenager, snuck out, freaked his parents out. Just go with me in your imagination to the moment where God, where Jesus knew that he was called to the ministry and he had to quit his job and was just like, hey, sorry, I know I've been doing this for a while, but I quit and then left. This is the real Jesus experience. He was a human. He enjoyed fishing. Come on. Right? John 21. How about this in Mark 6, 3? He worked with his hands. He was a carpenter. He liked to create. Any carpenters out there, engineers, people that like to create? Just like Jesus. He barbecued on the beach in John 21. Anybody like a good barbecue? So does Jesus. You remember when he came back? Did they find him in the temple when he came back after rising from the dead? Where did they find him? On the beach barbecuing for his disciples. Right? That's my Easter message at Northwest. He's just like you and I. The wedding at Cana where he performed his first miracle. Traditionally, those weddings went all night long. They went all night long, hours upon hours. So you know there was eating and there was dancing. Picture Jesus enjoying himself with his friends and family. And he probably stayed up till one, two, three in the morning. Did he not sleep in that morning? Again, just trying to get you to picture this very human God that we serve. He traveled. He loved adventure. He was aggressive. We serve an aggressive, passionate God. Think about him in the temple when he saw all those money changers. He literally lifted, now I'm about to bust out of this suit coat. He literally lifted up, don't laugh, lifted up and flipped over these tables loaded with coins and money. Picture that scene. He was so aggressive, so upset. He went and got the supplies to braid his own whip, DIY whip. Read it for yourself. That takes time. If I was braiding a whip because I was about to whip, I'd be like, I'm going to get them good, right? And it wasn't like a friendship bracelet whip. It was like an Indiana Jones whip. And he drove out cattle and oxen in the temple and coins are rolling and cows are running and these guys are just freaking out. Jesus was aggressive. Jesus felt emotion, thank you, Lord. John eleven thirty five. 35, he mourned and he cried. He wept with those that were mourning over Lazarus, his friend, and his passing. Shortest verse in the Bible, one of the most powerful because it shows the emotion of Jesus. Jesus wept. Mm, I love that. He touched lepers that no one else would touch, right? Outcasts. Nobody was willing to touch them or embrace them. Jesus, he did. He reached 
out. He desires that connection. He approached a demon-possessed woman that everybody was afraid of. Seven demons in her that even the other religious leaders could not cast out of her. And Jesus touches her, embraces her, and those demons flee. And it changes the course of her destiny. God, you desire right now to heal somebody in their body. And God, let me remind you that when you heal someone's body, it's not a momentary experience. It changes destiny. So whoever that is right now that's believing for that healing in your right arm, that healing in your right arm right now, Jesus desires to heal you. He's here to heal you, but not, not just for this moment, but to change your destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Doesn't sound like a God who wants to be far off from us, does it? Mm. He wanted connection. He traveled with 12 other people. He asked his friends to stay and, and stay up and watch and, and pray with him. You can read that in Matthew 26, 38. He fed these guys communion. He fed them. He washed their feet. One of the most humbling things. This, this, this human God, this Jesus wants connection. I think it's important to think about the times between the sermons. To think about the times between the quoting of the scripture that Jesus did. To think about the times when he was just walking and talking. What did he say? What did they talk about? Again, religion calls that blasphemy. Relationship calls that intimacy. You say, Brandon, you haven't quoted enough scripture this morning. Didn't you know this is a word of faith, church? I hear you. I believe that Jesus is the Word made flesh. I believe that He is the living Word. Not just our cute little name, not just a cute little mission statement. But how many times in my life have I had my nose in the book and I just didn't feel anything and I just wasn't getting anything? And it's as if Jesus said, get your nose out of the book, Brandon, and look up and realize that I'm alive all around you. People, he is alive in your children. You will see Jesus. I'll tell you what, Minnesotans, you go out on the lake at 5 a.m. when the sun's rising, you will see Jesus. He's all around you. He's in someone that you're going to meet today. Oh, I know we're all about going out there and making a difference and doing all the things, but what if Jesus is coming to you today? What if you're entertaining angels unaware today? What if Jesus is, is waiting for you right outside of those doors, but I'm so busy focusing on my confessions and my Bible reading and my church attendance that I don't see Jesus right in front of me? He's alive. And I believe in a Jesus that wants me to thrive and live and enjoy my life in his presence, to enjoy my marriage, to enjoy my kids, even my teenagers in his presence, with him. Because relationship tells me that I serve a God that's right here in the dirt with me. Hmm.
ask you a couple questions. You know Jesus is in the room because Brandon gets quiet, which doesn't happen very often. I'm always talking. (laughs) So when Jesus is in the room, I keep quiet. But I know he wants me to ask this. If he had to choose between your heart and your Bible reading, which would he choose? If he had to choose between your heart and your church attendance, which would he choose? If he had to choose between your heart and your tithing, which would he choose? If he had to choose between your heart and your confession, which would he choose? And I'm here to tell you this morning, church, he already chose. He chooses your heart every single time. And yes, I am grateful for the word of God. I hunger for the word of God. I need it. I read it. We need it. It is his word to us. And and yes, I need community, which is why I am in church, not because I work at a church, but because I love it. I love community. I love this family. And yes, I have seen the benefits of tithing. It proclaims in my life that he lives. Yeah, communion proclaims the, the power of his death and his blood, but, but my tithe proclaims it, that he's alive and that he's working. So yes, those are important things, but none of them are a substitute to experiencing Jesus face-to-face, up close and personal. God sent his son. And Jesus requires and and desires intimacy so much so that he left his Holy Spirit with us to be be that, uh, that connector, that mediator, that counselor so that we can constantly have interaction. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit that is prompting us and reminding us right now that Jesus is alive and working? I've had times in my life where I've been running around this sanctuary full of joy, full of excitement, the Holy Spirit moving, and I am grateful for those transformative times, but I've had times where it has been just me and no one else and no music and no band, and all I have is that knowing that Jesus is with me. And I will tell you what, one moment in his presence will transform a lifetime of hurt, a lifetime of pain. Ah, I'm not going to get emotional this morning, but The most powerful moment in my life happened on a living room floor on the carpet when nobody else was there for me and it was just me and those two boys and I felt Jesus stronger than I'd ever felt him before and I couldn't tell you what was going on but from that moment it changed everything about my life because I was done. I was done. I was done with church and I was done with the ministry and I was just done with it all. And one moment with Jesus... It changed everything for me. But I'll tell you, I just don't want to live just from moment to moment. For those of you that are married, you know those seasons when your spouse just feels like a roommate. That's not, that's not living. I don't want just... Jesus as my roommate I want intimacy I want closeness I want connection oftentimes I found myself begging for him to give that to me when actually he's the one asking it of me saying I'm here I want to be close to you oh I've worked at this church for 20 years and I 
know how easy it is to get lost and just, we go to church on Sundays and sometimes on Wednesdays and working throughout the week and we just, we kind of go through it, right? And so for me, that becomes religious. It becomes religion. And my hope this morning is that maybe I'm just putting that branch in the, the bicycle spoke of life right now and just bringing things to a, a stop for a second because I know I need that at times where I know Monday's coming. I know what I've got to face this week. I've got my challenges that you don't need to hear about. Make your mama cry. I tell you, I got my stuff too. So I'm going to stop in this moment because we all decided to, to watch this service or to come to this service and say, hey, why not? Why not just take a moment where we all stop for a second and behold a very human God. Behold Jesus who desires to be with us. What does his name mean, church, Emmanuel? God with us. His identity, his DNA, his very purpose, his very destiny is to be with us us it's all he knows it's all he wants he has made a way for us to come boldly before his throne of grace and receive grace and mercy and help in our time of need i love the way joseph prince put this picture in my mind where we are we are drowning in our sea of sin and challenges and problems and stimulus checks and vaccines and covids and masks and we're drowning in whatever it is that you're facing divorce and, and challenges and whatever you're drowning in it and we picture jesus from the boat swim swim backstroke right no, we have a Jesus who dives into that water, that sea with us and says, let me help you out. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that came to serve us. Would you all stand to your feet with me, please? If you can. set the atmosphere again as we close out service and we're just going to take a moment better is one day one moment in his presence we serve a Jesus that doesn't hide inside the temple but he stands outside the gate beautiful where the, the sick and the broken are. That's where he does his healing. And as we rest in what Jesus has done for us on that cross, he does the work of healing and restoring and regenerating. And don't think for a second that he, he doesn't care about every little detail of your life, big or small. He braided a whip I don't even know how to braid. He knows the details of your life, of your need. And he is responding. Sometimes I think the disciples walked with Jesus and didn't even realize what was going on. I found myself in that place where 
I know Jesus is with me, but I don't even realize what he's doing on the inside of me. And I believe in your heart right now and in your life, wherever you're at, he's doing something on the inside of you. He's doing something on the inside of you. He is doing something on the inside of you. As you lean back and you rest, He is working on the inside of you. He is healing on the inside of you. Oh yeah, He's healing from the inside out this morning. He's the great physician doing work on the inside first and then changing things on the outside. Oh yeah, I hear this in my spirit. I hear this in my spirit. You felt called to lead. You felt called to step up. But before that happens, before that step is made available to you, before I open that door to you, says the Lord, you have to let me do the work on the inside that no one will see. You have to let me do the work on the inside that no one else will know about, says the Lord. You have to let me reform and reshape and renew those things on the inside and here is why so that you will have the stability and the confidence and the boldness and the the consistency to do all the things that I've called you to do to be all those things that I've equipped you to be so let the equipping happen let the equipping happen let the equipping happen and in my time says the Lord my will will be accomplished in your life first on the inside flowing to the outside that's yes Lord I want it first on the inside yes Lord Jesus on the inside of me first on the inside come on if that's you this morning and you want that transformation on the inside first lift your hands lift your voice and you talk to him you talk to him you talk to him you can come boldly to him yes God I desire that transformation on the inside yeah over here over here it's not just a witty idea it's not just a creative idea it's a God idea that I've planted in your heart and so as you step into the God idea I will birth the idea on the inside on the inside because wisdom is formed on the inside knowledge and understanding what to do why to do it how to do it will be formed on the inside until I birth it in you through you on the outside so yes God on the inside on the inside this morning I want it on the inside God because everything on the outside has failed when this economy fails I want you on the inside. (laughs) If there's a vaccine out there that doesn't work, hey, I I want you on the inside, Lord. I'm not putting my trust in chariots. I'm not putting my trust in handouts. I'm not putting my trust in shots. I'm not putting my trust in anyone else but you, Jesus. I'm putting it in you, Jesus. I'm putting it in you, Jesus. And you're pouring it into me, Jesus. He's pouring it into you this morning. Oh, and he's gonna lead you. He's gonna lead you. He's going to lead you from the inside. He's going to lead you from the inside. So when you make that decision, you can trust that he did it from the inside. And you can remind him that he did it on the inside. And you can expect that he's going to do it on the outside because he did it on the inside. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, religion's going to tell you to fix it all out here. 
But relationship is calling you, church. Relationship is calling you, church. Relationship is beckoning you, church. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Come on in, Lord. Come on in, Lord. Come on in, Jesus. Come on in, Jesus. Come on strong this morning. Come on strong, Jesus. Oh, I gotta have it all. I gotta have it all. Every piece, every part, every piece, every part. I want it all. Yeah, I want it all. Every piece, every part, every piece, every part. I want it all. I want it all, Jesus. Oh, God, you paid too high of a price for me to just want a portion. (laughs) Because you are my portion. Oh, Jesus. You paid too high a price for me to just partake of the bread and the wine on the outside. Because your blood was spilled for me. And it flows through my veins on the inside. Oh, God, your word. Your word is too powerful for me to keep it. (laughs) All right, I'll flip it. To keep it on the inside. Your word is too powerful for me to simply digest it and keep it on the inside so yeah here's the turning point here's what it is it goes it goes from the inside to the outside this is prophetic he's taking it from the inside to the outside yeah he's taking that call from the inside to the outside what is it he's taking that healing from the inside to the out this is the moment of change this is the moment from the inside to the outside yeah where everything changes on the inside now the outside oh where he rearranges on the inside and now the outside yeah this is the turning this is the turning point this is the turning point (laughs) yeah because you've asked for so long you've hidden in that secret place the lord says to you i've seen you hide and go to the quiet place and let me speak to you on the inside and so the Lord says to you this, this afternoon that it's time for it to move from the inside to the outside statement 
It's like you're stepping out of the boat this morning. Oh, Jesus, I'm deciding. Because once you get on that water, there's no turning back. Good news is, even if you get caught up in this, the waves and the weather and the storm and you start sinking, you decided to follow Jesus and he's not turning back from you. And he'll reach right down in that lowest moment and he'll hold you firm and lift you up, set your feet on solid ground. Ha, what if your waves turn into rocks? <laughs> Yeah, you see, you see an ocean, and he sees solid ground. You see waves, and he's like, what are you talking about? That's concrete, bro. So we decide this morning to follow you, Jesus, because you're following us, hunting us down, taking care of us. Like that, like that prodigal son, the father was out looking for him. Our father. to follow Jesus yeah can you lift it up church I have decided yeah to follow Jesus yeah me too me too I have decided to follow Jesus no turning So I don't care what religion tells you from here on out or what kind of rut you get stuck in. Lord, I know how that feels. In the darkest of times, in the lowest of times, whether you're on your mountaintop or whether you're down, down there in that valley. I said this last service. If you're living on mountaintops and then sinking down into those valleys, it's like an EKG. You're living, church. At least you're alive. It's when we flatline that we got to get worried. <laughs> and let me tell you, when we decide to follow Jesus, oh, oh, when we decide to follow Jesus, oh, when we decide to follow Jesus, he comes right in the midst of wind and wave. speaks peace to the storms yeah peace peace to the storms yeah <laughs> he speaks peace to the storm and he says let me take up that yoke with you and let's get through this together huh let me come alongside of you and let's get through this together Let's get through this together. I'm here with you from the beginning to the end. It's my name, Alpha Omega. I'll be here with you. And when your faith is weak, Jesus says to you, my faith in the Father is perfect. So lean into my faith. Oh, huh. he's with you. 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 He's with you this morning. He's with you this morning. 
He's with you this morning. He's with you this morning. He's with you this morning. He's with you this morning. He's with you this morning. And that's that's why we can declare this. Everything. Oh, everything. Come on, sing that out. All I am and all I have to bring. Yes, Jesus. I will give to you my everything. You can trust him. All I am and all I have to be. I give it all. I will give Take to it all, you my everything. All my fear, all my anxiety. All <laughs> I am and all I have to be. My imperfection. It's yours, Lord. I will give to you. <laughs> that just as much as we desire all that you are you desire all that we are you created us in your image and so so i thank you for these incredible men and women of god this family that you've brought into my life god i'm so grateful for them and i believe that on this sunday really the start of the week that they will step forward and step out on the inside and on the outside into a greater revelation a greater understanding a deeper beholding of who you are to them jesus you are their wonderful counselor their mighty god their strong tower as the righteousness of god in christ jesus they can run into you i thank you god that they're the head and not the tail they're above and not beneath i thank you that everything they put their hands to prospers yes i do again thank you that they are the righteousness of god in christ jesus therefore i forbid any sickness or disease to come upon their bodies why because jesus you are with them you're with them you're with them you're with them you're with their kids you're with their grandkids you're with that crotchety old boss that they have you're with them you're with them yesterday today forever you're with them in these seats online in this city in this state wherever they're at you are with them god you are with them you are with them and because you are with us they can do all things come on church you know you can do all things oh you can have the patience with that cranky old spouse of yours you can have the patience with those lovely teenagers of yours you can get that witty idea and implement it today i'm telling you i'm telling you i'm telling you we have all things in you that pertain to life 
and godliness. Godliness. Why? Because Jesus is not, is not far off. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you down. His love is unconditional. I got to stop. We love you. 